We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on right now. You throw down $5 or excuse me, $1 on an NFL game. And you know what? If either team scores and you're a new customer, you get $100 in free plays. Guess what? Some team's going to score. So hop on there. With uh, John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. All right. I already got comments coming hot and heavy. Um, but first and foremost, this was a t- this was a game shoe and Arizona ends up winning by about 30, that when you watch, when I, at least when I watched Wyoming in the, uh, um, in, in the, uh, the lead up to the game, when I watched some of their players, Wyoming to me did not look like a bad basketball team. But you know what they were against Arizona? They were an overmatched basketball team, and that was readily apparent very quickly. I think one of the uh, frustrating things for me coming into this uh, situation here is that all I've heard for the last few days is Mike Luke trying to nitpick Arizona basketball. And I'm sure the many folks who are uh, uh, joining us on the post game here at DraftKings have noted the same thing. Mike Luke constantly, constantly criticizing Arizona can't shoot from the three. Just not a very good shooting team. Can't shoot from the outside. Going to be an issue for Arizona. Just can't make those long three-point shots. And then I think what happened is that the Arizona basketball team, as a collective, was watching uh, the DraftKings live stream, probably from their luxurious McHale Center locker room. And and they were probably uh, listening afterward uh, to the DraftKings podcast, where Mike Luke was doing nothing. Nothing, nothing but berating Arizona's woeful three-point shooting. Mm -hmm. So as any decent team who is in need of motivation would utilize, the Wildcats decided we're going to show him and show Mike Luke they did, especially early on in the game. 
three after three after three after three all over the place from every conceivable angle from a variety of different performers. Arizona blew this thing open. And yes, Mike, you are correct. It, I think Wyoming's going to be a 20-game winner that's going to be very representative in its conference and has a chance to get into the NCAA tournament. There's some good I, players I totally, on that team. And, I totally agree with that. And if yeah, both of us are and, agreeing on something, we're either incredibly wrong or maybe yeah. we're actually right on this. So. Well, you know, every, every once in a while, the acorn gets lucky. Yes, the I'm acorn not does. I'm entirely sure what that means, but acorns, I guess, deserve a little luck along the way too. But uh, Arizona was very impressive again, and I know you were in the venue. I was uh, watching it uh, from the Pac-12 Network feed, and Don McLean, who was doing color commentary, is one of a number of people who have kind of jumped onto the bandwagon, saying that it isn't just a good team, and this isn't nah, simply an illusion. It's different. Arizona's Arizona's on another level right now. And the really good news is that we're going to see Arizona against legitimate competition. And again, Wyoming, I think, is pretty good. Uh, mm -hmm. They were undefeated coming in. You know, their schedule was junk. Arizona's wasn't a particularly good schedule either. And I think that's, you know, despite how Mike Luke, other than Mike Luke wanting to berate their, uh, you know, inconsistent three-point shooting, uh, Arizona's schedule has been the one knock that has been, you know, kind of an issue uh, up to this point. And again, that changes. But this was a very impressive performance against an undefeated basketball team that was overmatched at McHale Center. Okay, so let's get to the com let's get to some comments here and what this really is what makes it and I think this is what's so unique. We've already got 25 comments on here and we're like 4 minutes in. So, first of all, our guy Jacob Franklin, who is maybe the tallest person I know, is the uh, producer that makes everything happen behind the scenes. He is the one that he is the one. A lot of people think that I was the one that made Tony's takes. Mhm. Mm right. Oh, that was Jacob Franklin. It was Jacob he Franklin, the Jacob Franklin. Listen to this back and forth. He says, I'm terrified of how badly they're going to beat ASU. And then my guy Nick Howard responds and says, Jacob, you must be referring to Grand Canyon tomorrow. <laughs> we'll get to that one. By the way, I'm going to be on that post game. I'm very excited about it. I've that. heard you are. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's talk a little bit first and foremost about uh, Ben. Ben Matherin now, it seems, is at the point now where he's just getting. Oh, and by the way, I love your. Benny Mardonis over your left shoulder right there. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, um, you know, this game, as you're well aware, Mike, was deep into the night. Yeah, it was deep into the night. I don't know that there was any 16-year-olds out there, though. But there, but, but Arizona was moving moving offensively like there was a magic carpet. So, uh, right. you know, it all, it, it all comes around. Okay, but Ben Matherin, though, and watching it up close, uh, this – He's different athletically. He is a guy that, you know, it seems now that he's getting five to six explosive dunks every single game. I mean, now maybe that's a slight exaggeration, but he is a colossal mismatch out there from an athleticism slash strength perspective. And I'm going to be very curious to see how he does with the, uh, with Arizona going into playing Illinois later on Saturday. That to me is going to be a real test, but he looks like he might have hit a different. Uh, he looks like he might have hit a different uh, uh, propulsion. We could go with propulsion. What the heck? Let's roll with the propulsionist Ben Matherin. That doesn't mm -hmm. exactly roll off the tongue, but uh, he has <laughs> been. Yeah, he he has been very impressive, and and I think 
you noted this last year. A lot of other folks did the same, that Matherin was the best athlete on the team and looked like he certainly could play at the next level. Uh, that The good news is that he can, it appears that he will be able to match athleticism with any team he's up against. And that's mm-hmm. something that uh, as this thing moves along, that Arizona is going to need. And it's nice to see somebody uh, who can be a front runner in regards to a willingness to be able to get his points and a lot of other, uh, I'm not even sure it's a supporting cast because uh, there are a lot of other guys on this team who are scoring with some nice outlets as well. Uh, Kerr's performance was uh, outstanding uh, as well. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see Matherin play well in Arizona as a whole. It's another outstanding game. And Arizona, I think Sean just mentioned this in one of the uh, comments there, Arizona's dominance in the early stages uh, determined how this game was going to be. Okay. Uh, Kenny Abbey, uh, a guy who, who nobody backs the A more than my guy, Kenny. He's trying to get in here. Kenny, all you got to do is get onto YouTube and uh, just uh, type in a comment and uh, it'll show, it'll show up right here on the screen and uh, I'll take care of that make sure that it's seen. Okay. Now, um, First and foremost, I think that uh, sometimes things are sometimes things are easy to be able to uh, easy to be able to look at. And first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about uh, Kerr Creesa. Now, as you talked about John Schuster, I feel like I'm talking with Bruno right now. As you talked about John Schuster, Bruno's the dog who's very fond of Schuster. Um, I wasn't overly concerned about Kerr Creesa only because. When you look at him, when you looked at his shots, the form looked solid. A lot of the shots were kind of in and out. It looked like a guy, and I talked about this with our guy, Matty M, uh, yesterday, Matt Muehlbach, that it wouldn't surprise me at all if you went seven of nine from three in a game. And that's almost what you saw here. So I am going to pat Mike Luke on the shoulder a little bit. Wow, way to hedge your bet. You know, that, that, that's some good, uh, that's some good inside DraftKings information there on one hand, Mike Luke saying that Arizona is a terrible three point shooting team that, uh, isn't going to be able to, uh, shoot consistently from beyond the arc. And then, you know, with his good pal, Matty M, you know, they're now best of buds going way back all the way to their Kansas city days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not now, many people know that not many people know that. that. I mean, even uh, I mean, the Luke and the Muehlbach family go so far back in the Midwest. Then Matty M moves to the Bay Area, and you're out hanging out with him on a fairly regular basis, convincing him to go to the University of Arizona. It's an incredible story that just isn't told nearly enough. But, on yeah, on one hand, you're saying that Arizona's a terrible three-point shooting team. On the other hand, you're hanging out with uh, Matty M saying there's a guy on Arizona who can shoot threes really well. So uh, I think you've done an excellent job covering your bases here. Well done, Mike Luke. Okay, so um... – We'll, uh, and, uh, we, we just had, uh, um, let's see here. We had Jesus VAZ say, um, I know this is a basketball segment, but do you plan on bringing a, a football one to do with recruiting? And yes, we will do that just not tonight, but I will have that for you next week. You have my word. All right. So Schuster, you've seen a lot of good U of A basketball over the years. And there's two things for me that always, um, point to a really good team. How you play against other really good teams, duh. And you know what? Wiping the floor with the teams that you should wipe the floor with. Arizona still hasn't played a lot of great teams. I still believe that Michigan is a lot better than they've looked recently, and I believe that they'll be there at the end of the season. But it's fair to say that Arizona hasn't played a murderer's row yet. But what Arizona has done is they've played teams 
that they've needed to beat down and they've beat each one of these teams down. And quite frankly, it's been a little Olsen-esque in that they've just taken the life out of these teams. This game and um, uh, Nick Howard make, made a good point. He asked me, he said, what did you think about the line today? And I said, I liked Wyoming with the points. That's why you don't listen to Mike Luke when it comes to betting. Did you really but say that? I did. I like Wyoming with the points. I, I oh, like Wyoming okay. with 17. 16 and a half. It's a lot of points. Yeah, that is a lot of points. And I looked at them and I thought this was a decent team, but Which they are. Yeah. But Nick Howard said, Mike, they look terrible in the first half. And well, yes, they did look terrible in the first half. So, um, yeah, Arizona but, looked awesome in the first half. Yeah, but that's I'm what not... Arizona is. I'm sorry. Right. No, you're good. Arizona has to be able to beat down the teams that they need to be able to beat down. And that is one thing that we can cross off so far earlier and early in this season. One of the things you and I uh, chatted about on uh, another platform a couple weeks ago, and I was kind of uncomfortable saying it because of the, you know, uh, reverent territory that it is is that Arizona is playing kind of Great Alaska Shootout-esque. Oh, yeah. This has a lot of 19, uh, and and no comparison is perfectly parallel, so it's a terrible idea to make exact parallel comparisons. Oh, I'm which is one of the this. frustrating, which is, thank you, as you should, which is one of the frustrations when everybody, and you've dealt with this uh, around the Arizona fan base as well, there's always some... This team reminds me of 1997. This team reminds me of 1997. This team, no, it's, it's not, no, it doesn't. So I'm now ridiculing that and about to say, at, at least w- with a qualifier, that there are aspects of this that have 1988 elements to them. And one of the major aspects about that, the, the two comparisons that come to mind is that this is an Arizona team that came out of nowhere and is blowing people out and is winning games by impressive, dominant fashion. You've talked to Kevin O'Neill a lot. You like Kevin O'Neill. You know, was obviously instrumental in, in Arizona's rise <laughs> to prominence in 1988. When I make reference for those who are unaware about the Great Alaska Shootout, Arizona's, yeah, prominence, a Arizona's prominence as a basketball school happened no. at a at a tournament uh, called at the time. Again, this is 1988. The tournament was known as the Great Alaska Shootout. It was a very significant tournament at the time. Four teams uh, went up there. Play, you, you played a couple games in Alaska. You, usually you had good competition. And uh, as, as a result, you know, Alaska got some great games. You had some fun up there as well. Arizona played a couple games up there against teams that were highly regarded and absolutely blew them off the floor in some of the more impressive exhibition of uh, college basketball that you can get. If you look at the first half of tonight's game as an example, and again, Wyoming is not those teams in 1988, and this team is not 1988, but that first half, against Wyoming tonight was pretty damn good. And and it allowed them to kind of float to the finish line in the second half, but they do a lot of things really well, and their metrics are backing it up. They're first in a lot of consistent categories. Their defense is ridiculous. They gave up 22 points at the half. Yeah. Again, they held a team into the 60s defensively, and, and, and it gives Tommy Lloyd an opportunity to kind of complain that Wyoming scored, what, 43 in the second half? Right. And was never in the game. You know, Steve, so 
go ahead. Uh, yeah. So, so this is, there are elements of what Arizona is doing right now that is so dangerously impressive that if this continues for another month, the secret is going to be out. The only concern that popped up in 1988, and this became kind of the foundation of what was known as the early loot Olson mantra. Mantra is the wrong word. It was kind of no, the thing that he got, he got credited with, is that Arizona was really good in November, really good in December, and then as the season moved along, other teams got better faster, and by the end of the year kind of caught up to where Arizona was. Ludolson later in his career was a little bit different. Arizona was a lot more traditional. Still trying to figure it out in November, improving in December, trying to get ready for the you know the conference season. By about mid-February, they're pretty close to peaking, and you know what you have heading into the tournament. The early era Arizona teams in 1988 certainly plays under this category. Was a team that was so more advanced than everybody else had faced in November, in the early portion of the season, that they obliterated the competition. Now, 88 specifically obliterated most of the competition all the way through mm -hmm. the end of the year. But but other teams closed the gap, and, you know, we know what happened, Final Four, Oklahoma, et cetera. So as this season moves along, maybe that's going to be a trend here. But Arizona is playing so much better and looks so good doing it than everybody else that has seen this season that the secret is out. This yes. is not a mystery anymore. Yeah, and, I, and they keep absolutely obliterating people in a way that's going to get them a lot of deserved attention. I'm gonna I'm gonna be very curious to see what that Illinois line is for Saturday. I'll bet you because it's a road game for Arizona, it's gonna be like Illinois minus one and a half, something like that. But that's gonna Illinois be is gonna be favored. I think they might be favored, yes. I think Arizona's I, gonna go into this at about four and a half. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, there you know. Hey, and if that is the case, that would be your DraftKings pick of the week right there, if that actually is the case. Let me ask you this. Uh, Mike uh, Mike Zaniga says uh, Illinois minus seven. He's much closer to you, Shu, than uh, me. Mike oh, Zaniga. Oh, 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 see, see, Mike differs. Than me. I think Arizona's going to be the favorite. Oh, no, no, my bad. Yes, exactly. You think I Arizona's, Arizona's going to be the favorite in this game. Okay, that's going to be a fun one to watch right here. Now, let me ask you this, and I know you hate comparisons, and it's funny. Sure. John Schuster the guy and I who just made comparisons, hates comparisons, but yes. yes. But anyway. I am about to make I, I think this is a better comparison. And, and and just hear me out here. You and I, I think, both agree, or at least you should if you don't, that 2001 is the best uh, team in school history, just top to bottom. Yeah, I believe I agree that. With that. Mm -hmm. Yes. This team to me is definitely not 2001. I'm not saying that. But I am saying from a roster slash personnel perspective, I think that might be a little bit of a better comparison. You got I the see big... on your screen. I see on your screen that Steve R is saying the same things. And, yeah. and I agree with both of you. But anyway, go ahead, Mike. Because you got Lauren Woods, Coloco, those comparisons write themselves. Tabellus, Michael Wright, both lefties, similar impacts. Ben Matherin, Richard Jefferson. The difference, though, is that 01 still had a significantly better backcourt. There's no Gilbert Arenas on this team, and that's not a put-down to this team. There's no Gilbert Arenas, and honestly, even though I think Kerr, uh, Kreisa can play uh, um, better, he's not Jason Gardner. So I think the front court actually matches up fairly fairly well with 0-1, but 
you know, I think it I think it falls apart a little bit in the backcourt. But I do like that comparison, though, John Schuster. I think part of that comparison, it's interesting, Steve R. there in the comments is saying that personnel-wise, he sees it uh, a lot like 2001. I think there are two kind of style similarities. There's, there's one person comparison specifically, Mike has touched on it, and there's a style similarity that fits a little bit more with 2001, and they both uh, connect with each other. Arizona can expand its defense this year because they have a person in the middle who can anchor things and get block shots and at least uh, divert shots a little bit and make things difficult uh, for the other team on the inside. The Coloco Woods comparison in that regard allows those teams to be able to expand defensively. And when they expand defensively, it allows for uh, the two specific teams to score in easily in transition. Arizona did that again tonight. Wyoming had a bunch of turnovers. Arizona turned those turnovers into points. The 2001 team uh, was able to extend their defense, get a lot of transition buckets as a result of steals, and uh, dominate teams as that season moved along. Again, in a different way than 88 did, in a different way that that team didn't play nearly as well in November for a variety of reasons that this team is playing now. But the style of play at the end of the year, I think, had a lot to do with, with, with the centers. Lauren Woods allowed Arizona to expand its defense, extend its defense in 01. Christian Coloco allows Arizona to expand and extend its defense in 2021. So I, I think those aspects are exactly right. I also think, Mike, you're right about Arizona being better in the backcourt, but Arizona's depth on the wings with this team gives it all kinds of versatility, and that's uh, obviously a very nice thing to see. Yes, it's very nice to see. Now, uh, Jose Roman, I think, has an interesting question here. By the way, real quick, DraftKings. Here's the deal. If you're not on DraftKings, what are you doing? DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You throw down $1 on an NFL game. If either team scores, you get $100 in free plays. It's really that simple. And you know what? Uh, if I If it works for me, if it works for Schuster, it can work for you. A lot of, a lot of good stuff going on right now. NBA, NFL, college basketball, college football. That's just the way it is. So hop on there. And you know what? 21 and up, Arizona only. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Um, eligibility restrictions do apply. Check out DraftKingsSportsbook. Uh, um, excuse me, uh, code word PHNX. Get everything you need right there. Jose Roman says, Shoot, do you feel the film, the more film this team puts out, schools will be able to prepare better? Teams are going to give this squad more adversity and punches in the mouth. Yes, without mm -hmm. a doubt. Uh, and and we talk about this in our postgame after Oregon State. Uh, and one of the things that I was surprised about with Oregon State in the early going and kind of surprised, well, I guess, I don't know if surprise is the right word, Wyoming just wasn't able to do it, and Arizona blitzkrieged them with three-pointers and put the game away pretty early, is I think teams are going to try to do one of two things against Arizona. Uh, they're, they're Generally speaking, if we look ahead to the Illinois game, I think there's going to be a very key matchup on the inside that a lot of people are going to pay attention to. And one of the concerns tonight is that Wyoming's big man got Arizona's bigs into some foul trouble. Illinois' big is really unique and could be a problem. It's a problem for a lot of people. It could be a problem for Arizona as well. The Cats hope to avoid foul trouble because getting rebounds is is imperative for Arizona's running game to be successful. Uh, so you want Coloco to be on the floor. You want Valo to be able to be on the floor to counteract that and help Arizona to get out and run. But I think teams are going to do one of two things depending on the personnel that, that, that they have. 
For instance, let's use the LA trip in January as an example. SC's got a lot of length. They play defensively. I think they're going to try to make the game ugly. They're going to slow down tempo, and it'll be interesting to see how successful they ultimately are at doing that. Teams are going to try to slow tempo. If they have good guard play, they may be able to do that because Arizona right now is doing two things that allows it to get out into transition. The two things that always happen. You force turnovers, you get rebounds on the defensive end, you push it. Arizona has forced turnovers. They score off turnovers at a better clip than anybody else in the country. They're doing a good job on the glass. When they get rebounds, they push tempo, they get up the floor. But teams with the personnel that like to run are going to test Arizona's defensive transition defense. And if they can run in that capacity with Arizona uh, and, and push things in that regard, I think the surprise here is that you're going to see teams trying to run with Arizona, and there may be a few out there that can successfully do that. And if they can beat Arizona in transition defense, then the U of A's ability to counter that may not be as dramatic as we've seen in these games so far, where Arizona goes on big spurts and big runs. Let me, let me ask you this though: you've sure. you've you've been following a lot of Gonzaga basketball, and we we've been jo- we've we've joked around about this over the years. And by the way, there's a lot of times that uh, John uh, Schuster is actually right on stuff where I'm not right on things. And shoot, I have been basically a Gonzaga denier to a certain extent for the last four or five years. And you know what? Here, it's okay to be able to say that you know what I was wrong. But the one thing that Schuster has said for the last four or five years in his uh, admiration of Gonzaga is the style in which they play, the way they pass, the way they spread the court is very unique in college basketball. I think we're seeing a lot of that right now with Arizona. Can you explain, though, kind of in a little bit more detail what you've been telling me for about five years now? Because I think it's a great point. Part of what Arizona does, or or what Gonzaga does, is that uh, when when they're on the offensive end, they're... They're they're very specific. They never one. They never stop. Uh, there's always movement, which is great, and there's always passing. But they're they they have a really intrinsic understanding of angles. They're the best geometry program in the country. As weird as that sounds, they understand spacing on the floor, but not just spacing on the floor. They'll do little things like the way that they pass the ball into inside from guard to inside most teams have sort of a linear a to b approach i'm here let's let's do it this right i'm passing the ball to mike luke it's a straight shot gonzaga doesn't always do that gonzaga will do these kind of loop around passes that will actually push the uh, big guy out a couple feet a little bit further but what that does is it gives it spaces the floor a little bit more and gives these passing bigs, the opportunity to find other openings with a second pass and a third pass and a fourth pass. So they'll do some interesting, most teams that post up on the inside, then try to get the guy on the inside and the guy's going to try to score. Gonzaga uh, and Arizona's doing this too, is looking at that as a possibility, but then they'll, they'll make an extra pass on the inside on a regular basis and very often find somebody open. Their passing on the inside is as good as anybody in the country. And that's something that I think uh, has an opportunity to benefit Arizona. The way that they run their offense is so clearly different than most of the other teams at the college level. And it has a lot to do with angles. It almost ha- the angles are almost elliptical. A lot, of, a lot of what you see in basketball is this straight line stuff. No, nothing wrong with it. But 
for folks in Arizona who, you know, 15 years ago watched a lot of Steve Nash, a little bit to some, some degree watch a little bit of Chris Paul. It's a lot more elliptical than it is angular. And, and, and the way that that seems to allow for better spacing and uh, gives teams and, and gives your team an opportunity to get some good looks. Tonight, Arizona started the game in a way that it usually hasn't. It started the game bombarding from three. It hasn't done that this year. It's the reason I'm giving Mike Luke all kinds of crap. But then as things moved along, as the game progressed, Arizona did what it's done throughout the rest of the year. Got a lot of good looks on the inside. That makes things very difficult for other teams uh, to defend. And the way that they run their stuff, the, the relative simplicity about it, but the understanding of how to do it is one of the many things that's impressed me about Lloyd's coaching bringing in a completely different style, and the team already understands exactly what it is it's trying to accomplish. You, think that, you know what? I've given this a lot of thought, and I think sometimes when I give things a lot of thought, it's probably not the best thing in the world. But I kind of wonder, though, if the reason that this is this this has happened so simple, this, is, this transition has been so seamless, is that and again, this isn't meant to bash Sean Miller because first and foremost, you got to give Sean Miller credit because this is essentially his roster. So Miller gets total kudos on this. But your point that you made time and time again still resonates with me about how sometimes basketball doesn't need to be hard. And what Lloyd is doing with this team is playing to everybody's strengths and just kind of going down the the, uh, the list here a little bit. Sean Seeley just said, is Coloco an NBA player at this moment? I think that's a two-part question. He's definitely going to be drafted. I don't know that he plays, but he looks like a first-round pick. But you look at all of these guys are playing to what I think they can do. Coloco is showing an advantage or a an improved offensive game, blocking shots, rebounding, running the court. To Bellis, always to me, it didn't really matter who was going to be the coach right there. He was going to be able to get his 16 and 9 just from the, his physicality, his way that he's able to play. Ben Matherin, I think, has been a uh, – I think uh, Tommy Lloyd has been a huge addition to Ben Matherin's game because this is the guy – this is your – this is your stereotypical pony. This is the guy that needs to get out and run, get baskets, get easy dunks, because you know what? When he gets easy dunks, these are the guys, it, it helps out his entire game. And it's just easy to say, you know, Kirk Risa, uh, Dalen Terry, that's probably a little bit to be determined. But I think these guys are being finding the best version of themselves under Tommy Lloyd. And I think that's because Tommy Lloyd is letting them play. I'll give you an example. When Kirk Kreese tried the behind or the between his legs pass, where you know uh, they, I, I looked immediately to Tommy Lloyd. He didn't start screaming. He didn't start fuming. You could tell that he was probably rolling his eyes, and he just looked at Kerr and he says, "Don't do that again." Sometimes, you know what? When you're dealing with 18, 19 year olds, that's going to be the best way to get something out of them. And that, to me, was kind of the part where it's like it's loose. It's it feels free, and these guys seem to be embracing it. There may have been, and this will be one of the areas of difference, perhaps, uh, between Olsen and Lloyd. Lloyd may be even a little bit more free flow than Olsen was, because if Kerr had thrown that pass against Olsen, he would have been yanked, and he would have gotten a serious chewing out. And Olsen, as we know, 
lets his players play, but he was also about he, he, he was also big on high percentage, high percentage, high percentage. You'd rather give save the highlights for something else. The highlights are going to come. You be you make high percentage plays, and Arizona's going to score points, and the rest will take care of itself. So Olson would have been a lot more frustrated with that, and I think visually frustrated than even Lloyd was, who did a much better job. And again, you know, it helps when you're leading by 30 and dominating a game. And and Lloyd will probably have a conversation that's fairly similar to that. Miller's persona may have been entirely different. Uh, we may not have seen Kerr for the rest of the night after a pass like that. Of course, in Miller's offense, we maybe never would have seen <laughs> anything <laughs> like Steve, that. I'd have never seen that again. Speaking of that to some, some degree, the more that we see this team perform, and again, there's a long road ahead this year, and there's a long road ahead in this program. Obviously, things are going remarkably well right now. But do you look back in frustration with wishing that Tommy Lloyd had coached the Aaron Gordon teams? Well, and the Hollis you know what? Jefferson what? team. Let's and talk the about Nick that. Johnson team. Can you imagine? Because, oh. Can you imagine when you've got those kind of athletes that would be able to shoot gaps where you've got TJ McConnell setting the table, then you've got Nick Johnson, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Aaron Gordon, Tarzuski in the back end. And I think I think Tarzuski would have even benefited right there as well. It it really does make you wonder just exactly how they could have been. Now, let me ask you this. Uh Don McLean, who by the way, Matty M said that he might try to give me a shout out on Pac-12 Network next time he's in studio because of the comparison that I made with Don McLean. I said he was kind of the West Coast Christian Leitner. And so Matty M liked that comparison right there. Just from being a little little annoying, taller white guy that was really good. <laughs> didn't really you didn't really feel like he should be as good as he is. But I think uh, Steve R hits the nail on the head right here when he said Don McLean just said, "What high school kid is looking at this and saying and not saying I want to play that way. This tape sells itself. Yeah, it should. And and I have a there. There's a big transcendent change that's taking hold in college basketball. The transfer portal is going to change the game dramatically. And I think we're seeing in some of the inconsistency with teams that we. Mich, you talked about Michigan as an example. Or uh, you think Michigan's going to get better? I do. I think a lot of. I, I think you're right. I think a lot of these teams are going to be significantly better in the next six to eight weeks because they're still trying to figure out whatever the nuances are to get up to speed. Obviously, COVID has a lot to do with that, but I think that's going to transition into the transfer portal because teams are going to be a lot different year to year to year to year to year. But with everything that I don't necessarily like and the thing that I don't like from about the transfer portal is aesthetic. I don't, I don't care about the rule necessarily so much. I understand the rule. We can talk, talk about that later. From a fan aesthetic standpoint, I want my college basketball to look good. I think my college basketball, generally speaking, is going to look a lot worse in November and December uh, from here on out and into perpetuity. However, where there are different circumstances, there are obvious that there are also opportunities. Arizona with Tommy Lloyd is an opportunity program. Steve is right. And quoting Don McLean is right. You watch what Arizona's doing, you really like it. And that doesn't necessarily just mean high school kids. That means kids who are in other programs who feel a little bit restricted and a lot of the foreign kids uh, who are, you, you know, who Lloyd has a lot of connection with. To some degree, are you ready for this one, Mike? What do you got? Talk to me. You I love call, this. You could call it Eurozona. 
Yeah, that was awful. I am man. posting I thought, that on Twitter that. right now, and I'm going to yes, as as you Zero's should. That completely bombed, but it's genius all at the same time. So, nevertheless, uh, there are there there are a lot of different veins. As I completely transition while you ruin all of my credibility on Twitter, uh, which I have none of, so fortunately that doesn't that's not going to be very difficult. Uh, there are different veins that Arizona can. <laughs> Arizona is such trash. <laughs> That 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 give the cats an opportunity to almost be in a be in pick and choose mode, depending on how they want to put their team together. Obviously, Arizona needs to recruit better at the high school level, uh, but they're also going to be in a position where they can find a lot of players out there who they think fit fit uh, fits well into a system that hopefully year in and year out is going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right, Shu. Before we before we wrap this up, what's great about the AZ Wildcats podcast is we've got the best people on here. And you know what? Uh, tomorrow we've got Brian Jeffries. I'm just going to call him Brian Jeffries. I'm not going to call him. Uh, you don't have any fancy name for Brian Jeffries. I, I don't know. B Jeff, you've got B Jeff on the I, show tomorrow. I do have B. No, you know what? Maybe I'll try to drop a B Jeff. I'm sure that's going to work. I'm sure that's going to work wonderfully. But we do have a special surprise for you. It's my uh, parents uh, were celebrating their uh, 40th wedding anniversary. Oh, fantastic. Uh, congratulations. Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, well, not congratulations to me. Congratulations to them. But no, that uh, was congratulations to them, not congratulations yes, to you. They are big fans of John Schuster. But John Schuster and uh, William Brad Alice will be on, uh, well, hosting the uh, game against Illinois. And Sweet. it'll be interesting. Yes. So, you know what? Two guys that are synonymous with each other are going. And by the way, this is great. Nick Nick Howard just says, "Call him the voice of Eurozona." <laughs> Hashtag Eurozona. <laughs> but everybody That's out there, a T-shirt. Uh, you need to you need to start a DraftKings T-shirt with that one. Right. We got well over 125 comments here. You nice. guys are awesome. We try to get to as many of them as we can. I can't thank you all enough for uh, hopping on this. Schuster, you're the man. Uh, I, you're coming over tomorrow. I got to give you some cash, and I got to. Uh, we got to record some stuff. So, well, you have to give would... me a cash because you're going to try to buy Eurozona from me before I yeah. trademark it. Let's let's not act like that's like that hasn't possibly been trademarked already. But everybody out there, again, we really appreciate all of you. Thanks for listening to the AC Wildcats podcast, and we will be back with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.